Welcome to the AFE Factor, your one-stop shop for the latest technology and business trends happening throughout the built environment. Brought to you by the Association for Facilities Engineering, a leading resource for tools that enhance the expertise and broaden the connections of facilities management professionals worldwide. Now, here's your host, AC Powell. Hotep and welcome to episode number four of the AFE Factor. Today we're going to be discussing something a little spooky, a little scary. It's things that you can't really see, but may be in your environment. And trust me, I know scary. I have four kids at home, all teenagers, and three of them are girls. So today we will be discussing bacteria growth and illness prevention through facility cleaning and disinfecting with our guest, Brian Sansoni. He is the Senior Vice President of Communication, Outreach, and Membership at the American Cleaning Institute, or ACI. ACI serves the growth and innovation of the U.S. cleaning products industry by advancing the health and quality of life of people and protecting our planet from germs that may be hiding in our facilities. Because we all know that something looks clean, it may not be clean, we are very happy to have Brian here today. Brian, welcome to the AFE Factor, and thank you for stopping by and talking to us today about making sure our spaces are disinfected. It's great to be with you and uh, talking with facility management professionals who are often at the front line every single day in so many thousands of buildings and facilities, helping keep those facilities are clean and safe for customers and clients and offices. So happy to talk about the steps we can take to remain clean and clean, safe and healthy. Well, I am glad because that is a big deal now. Uh, it's always been a big deal, but recent developments have made it more mainstream. And there's a lot in the news. There's a lot uh, people are talking about, particularly when we are reopening facilities that have been closed down because of the global pandemic um, and just in general, making sure that our areas are clean because, again, we are all aware of it. In fact, I have been thinking, you know what, I've been doing this thing all wrong for however many years I've been alive and working because it seems like, uh, as Dr. Anthony Fauci would say, compulsory washing of hands is the thing to do. Um, and you know, we take it for granted, you know, and using hand sanitizers and other products that your members manufacture. So tell us a little bit about what your members do and why it's important to just about every facet of what's happening in the workplace and even in our homes. So many of our member companies will manufacture the soaps, the sanitizers, the cleaners and disinfectants that we use every day, including the products and chemistries that are used in facilities across the country. The pandemic has forever changed the dynamic of hygiene and cleanliness. It was always important, sometimes perhaps in different situations in our lives, maybe taken for granted. No more. I mean, it's so important as buildings offices, facilities reopen. Hygiene and cleanliness and disinfection need to be a priority every single day. Facilities professionals are, are a big part of that. And, and I, I think as uh, facilities reopen, 
uh, going forward, it's so important that we make sure we we get it right as far as uh, the procedures, the practices, the protocols, and the information we can share with the businesses and customers that are in the buildings that uh, your audience serves. Let's talk about facilities and facility managers and facility engineers and our members' role uh, in this whole thing. What areas in facilities uh, do you find or your members find are most acceptable to higher risk of having bacteria that may slip past a cursory cleaning that some offices get every night? So every single day, no matter where we are, we come into contact with frequently touched surfaces that need to be disinfected daily. And these are in shared spaces, entryways, common areas. And it's more important than ever that we're paying attention to these surfaces on a daily basis. And just to give you an example of these hot spots, as we call them, that are in offices and facilities, doorknobs, light switches, handrails, printers and copiers, tables and desks, the phones and touchscreens and keyboards and countertops. These are amongst the most common examples that maybe in the past we kind of paid cursory attention to. Nowadays and going forward, it's important that they are being cleaned and disinfected every single day. Oh, wow. You've just touched on a lot of things that uh, are really scary because, you know, when you think about it, you're right. We touch our touchscreens. We touch copiers, uh, keyboards, um, and a lot of these things go unnoticed. So uh, while we're on the subject, let's talk about the Dirty Dozen. What does that mean and why should we pay attention to it? Yeah, the Dirty Dozen to disinfect daily. This is one of our posters, uh, handouts that we have that do remind all of us to clean the hot spots that are commonly touched throughout our businesses, throughout our offices, throughout our facilities. Keyboards, touchscreens, phones, tables, light switches, handrails, doorknobs. Now, these posters are good reminders that, hey, you know, a couple times a day, we want to clean off some of that shared equipment in the break room, microwave, right. the, the kitchen faucet. So it's a, a cycle of communication, both from cleaning crews, what they do every day and night, and just no matter what our business is, right. uh, no matter who our clients are, we all have a role to play from Washing our hands, using hand sanitizers, obviously all of the other social distancing requirements and masks that we hear about. But as far as cleaning goes, taking these extra steps, especially when there are shared surfaces. I think where facilities professionals can help is sharing this information with the people that that are working in in the offices throughout the buildings. That's why we have this new toolkit at ACI called Healthy Returns, which we can talk about. That's free, and you can share it. There's some toolkits, posters, reminders to help you and I, when we're in our small offices, help keep you know our equipment, our spaces clean and healthy. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about the toolkit. You guys have a lot of great information pieces on your website that people can download and use and post. And I know we're going to be posting some on our website and in our social media. Let's walk through your toolkit for a second here. Yeah. So as the pandemic uh, moved forward over the course of several months, you know, our member companies, uh, again, the cleaning product manufacturers, chemistry producers, you know, we, we started discussing with them, what can we do to help 
different audiences over the course of time as they may be reopening, what tools could we provide them? Because we realize there are pronouncements from government agencies, Mm -hmm. from the CDC, from your local health authorities, a lot of great information. A lot of that, though, is in-depth and pages and pages long. And while worthwhile, if I'm a a small office manager in a building, how much time do I have to go open that while I'm trying to keep my business afloat? So what we did with this Healthy Returns Toolkit was consolidate a lot of that good advice into checklists and posters Mm -hmm. that can be shared in an office, put up in a break room, can be emailed to your colleagues or your employees. And they're in graphic form too. So I I know that helps when you're running through a facility and sometimes literally running, you don't have a whole lot of time to stop and read things. But if you see a graphic, that icon sticks in your mind and you're like, oh yeah, I know that. Now let me ask you something. One thing that the pandemic also did and somewhat in a depressing almost economic sense is a lot of facilities had to close Uh, and some are caving in some are opening then closing or did open and close Uh, again are there facilities that may have more of a risk to have bacteria that lingers in certain places. Uh, Let's take um, Nationals Park, for example. Are sporting venues more at risk for uh, some of these nasty bugs that we need to make sure we're disaffecting for every day? Yeah, the the large-scale facilities that would in normal times feature tens of thousands of attendees or or fans, you know, that's interesting. And it's interesting to know how often have these places been cleaned or maintained Mm -hmm. if they've been closed for a while. Now, I can't imagine that closed stadiums that they're cleaning the seats every single day, but I've no doubt they know that the fans, whenever they come back, they expect cleaning and hygiene to be front and center. They're going to want to see the hand sanitizer stations. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to see full soap dispensers at the end of the game uh, available. More important than ever, uh, it's important. Because if a soap dispenser is empty and I paid a lot of money for a ticket, that's an insult to me as a fan. So it's the simple steps that send a message to your customers, clients, and employees. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to another good question about accountability. You know, everyone's talking about cleaning and disinfecting. What are some concerns that your members might be facing as people are looking to disinfect? Are there large questions looming, looming in the industry? The challenges over the course of several months for some in our supply chain has been the huge demand for a lot of the products, you know, like disinfecting wipes. And it's a, you know, I think the greatest challenge has been its availability in our local supermarkets. And that regular supply candidly may not get resolved into 2021. So uh, earlier on, it was hand sanitizers and hand soaps. I think we've you know seen a greater availability now uh, in these last few months there. So that has been probably been the, the biggest challenge is meeting this un 
unprecedented demand for these products? Because obviously you want to get them to the frontline healthcare workers and healthcare institutions, but also you want to get them to your retail customers and of course, the commercial customers, the facilities that are reopening that will need them. But right. it's important to make sure if, as a facility that you're getting the supplies that you need because you need to anticipate the waves of businesses that are reopening. Oh, wow. So much of what you said right there just brought up a whole lot of different questions. I know we had talked and getting ready uh, to come on uh, the air today. Uh, you had mentioned there was a 500% increase in the demand for the products that your members manufacture. I just can't wrap my head around that. That is wild. Unprecedented. And, you know, it's one thing. Let's just say you're, you're a disinfectant manufacturer. You can anticipate in normal times. Yeah, okay, cold and flu season you know, which is the fall and winter, okay, there's going to be an increased demand for our products then. And they, they plan for that. This um, blew that out of the water. Nobody could have predicted this. The triple digit demand for products like disinfecting wipes, sanitizers, and other types of cleaners. So the pandemic has made short-term planning extraordinarily difficult. I think it, it, this will certainly will learn and adapt for the longer term for hopefully we'll never face this again. But, right. I, but I do think part of the learnings from this for all types of businesses is this happened once. Let's hope it doesn't happen again. But we need to have plans in place from supply chain uh, should there be some unprecedented demand again, and also within our facilities to make sure that there's sufficient supplies of uh, soaps and sanitizers and other cleaning products that we can access. You know, my wife and I were laughing the other day. We would walk by the shelves and see Clorox wipes on the shelves and say, oh, we can wait. We'll get those later. Now, if you see them, you just snatch them off the shelves. Another thing that uh, we were stocking up on was hand sanitizer. I saw something in the news, though, about the FDA having a list uh, of hand sanitizers. And it started off uh, nine, then it went to 18. But you were saying it's more like 100 now. Yeah. So the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, early on recognized that there was a supply shortage of hand sanitizers. So essentially what they did was issue a, a temporary policy that allowed for more manufacturing of hand sanitizers by additional firms or organizations that allowed for some different manufacturing processes. Unfortunately, what happened, there were some bad apples out there that manufactured products with, with an ingredient that can cause um, some, some health issues. So on the FDA website, or urge uh, companies, facility uh, professionals to go to the FDA.gov website, and FDA is maintaining a list of hand sanitizer products that you should not use. And so it's been growing. So pay attention to that because obviously hand sanitizer solutions uh, are, are really important. So if you're responsible for procurement or you're working with a distributor that provides your cleaning supplies for your facility, make sure you're, you're connecting on that and that the hand sanitizer products that are around your facility is not on that uh, Food and Drug Administration do not use list. Oh, wow. That is awesome advice. 
And it something else that we talked about also, ACI is the voice of your industry uh, when it comes to legislative affairs and government relations. Uh, at AFE also, we get involved in different pieces of legislation that help push the industry forward. I can only imagine how complicated or complex that can be for ACI in dealing with not just the FDA, but having to deal with the uh, FTC, perhaps, uh, Capitol Hill, obviously, and then state regulations. Kind of talk to us about what the legislative or government relations picture looks like for your industry. Yeah, a coronavirus changed a lot of things because we were dealing with, we needed to deal with some issues right away that normally we we may not have to focus on transportation logistics. We, we needed to work with other manufacturing organizations to ensure that cleaning product and chemical manufacturers are deemed as essential. So they could continue to manufacture um, their processes. Earlier on, that was a challenge because st- state and localities had inconsistent uh, procedures in place, you know, in the early part of the pandemic. And so that was a challenge and, and that was a, a learning for us to ensure, heaven forbid this happen again, that cleaning product and chemical manufacturers are deemed essential right away so they can continue operating and keep up with the demand. On and working with the Food and Drug Administration, which which regulates hand sanitizers, the Environmental Protection Agency, which represents uh, uh, regulates disinfectants, and again, they've they've had to make some adjustments in their policies to address demand. So, uh-huh. people don't often realize the complexities of the supply chain, and it's a global supply chain. Some of the materials come over; a lot of the materials come from overseas. So, it's a complexity to just make sure that that case of hand sanitizers are showing up on your loading dock or show up uh, at the at the Walmart and Target. So, you know, there's been a lot of lessons learned. So it's just been really informing and educating uh, government officials and making sure they're not doing anything that make it a challenge right. to deliver those products. Absolutely. Uh, and that that is where it is. Uh, also along those lines, do you guys do work with standard creating organizations like ANSI and ASHRAE? We will communicate with standard setting organizations, you know, as they may consider standards that affect uh, our, our product categories like cleaners and disinfectants. So when we think there, there may be a challenge, uh, some aspect of a proposed standard that might affect innovation or product effectiveness, it's usually in those cases where we'll, where we'll step in. Usually the, the group that we'll work with the most is uh, ASTM International, uh, which is very broadly recognized within a, a lot of, you know, certainly chemical and, and product manufacturers. So we'll often work there with specific standards that they develop on products and chemistries. So let's talk about some things that are in the news. And this one's kind of near and dear to me because I have a lot of friends out in this area. I lived in Columbus, Ohio for about nine years. And I was looking online the other day and it in uh, Vandalia, which is in Montgomery County in Ohio, close to Dayton, there are two schools, a high school, Vandalia Butler High School, that just found Legionella in their potable water. How does that affect a school district's decision to open, stay open, uh, do online learning, 
And how does uh, your members look at things like that when they come up in the news? Uh, Schools want to reopen, and that's been obviously in the news. It's challenging uh, because we we know, you know, the kids probably can't learn online forever, ideally. ACI working with our member companies uh, are developing materials for reopening schools. Uh, it's under our Healthy Schools, Healthy People program. And so we've had a long-time dialogue with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to really showcase why hand hygiene, cleaning, and disinfection needs to be a priority every single school day. So we've worked with organizations like the National Association of School Nurses, which are at the front line of school health, and listening to the concerns and challenges that that they have. We were developing materials, much like our healthy returns materials for uh, businesses, developing posters, checklists, uh, and other items that can be shared throughout the schools. There is a a recent webcast that we did with experts from CDC that really showcase the information schools need to pay attention to before they reopen. The most important conversations you're going to have is with local public health officials. You're employing specific cleaning, hygiene, and disinfecting protocols based on a particular virus that may be there, or maybe it's a, a listeria or E. coli breakout you have to worry about in a food service setting. So it, it, there are obviously a number of more you know, exotic uh, bacteria and viruses out there, and there are differing protocols with them. And it's just best to make sure that uh, you're alerting your public health authorities right away, taking the necessary steps to keep your employees, your customers, and the community at large safe. You brought up some things that we may have thought that we've conquered, but now because facilities have been closed for a while, might be coming back up. E. coli, um, other things that are hiding in food service areas, that are hiding in gyms, that are hiding in uh, daycares, Uh while we are disinfecting, um, are there some long-term uh, preventive measures that uh, we might be able to employ to kind of kill this kind of thing uh, as we continue to move through this new dynamic we have? You know, whenever we conquer the coronavirus, and ideally we'll, we'll, we'll get a vaccine and it will be past history at some point, We cannot afford to take our eye off the ball to address the more common germs and viruses that have been with us for a while. Uh, It's like some of the ones that that we've we've mentioned, you know, whether it's E. coli or listeria or or dozens of others. So that's why it's, it's so important that going forward, we are... You know, we're evaluating our businesses. We're, we're disinfecting the frequently touched surfaces and objects on a daily basis. We're updating cleaning strategies and talking with our cleaning crews and our distributors. We're promoting personal hygiene, maintaining routine cleaning and disinfecting of surfaces and equipment. I think the coronavirus changed that dynamic forever, but we, can, we should never take cleaning and hygiene for granted ever again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And um, one of our 
national leaders, a gentleman by the name of Steve Fall. Shout out to you, Steve, and the Atlanta Clean uh, team. Uh, they have been at the forefront of this thing, uh, sanitizing, making sure that people are safe when they return to their facilities. Uh, you mentioned something that I think uh, we've been talking about in the theme here uh, in this podcast, and that is communication, yep. uh, making sure that all the stakeholders are talking and they are developing a plan. So when you have a cleaning service that is part of your facilities management team, you have a facilities engineer or even just a uh, portfolio or a property manager who's bringing in all the outside talent that she or he needs to operate their facility, then you have the owner. What are some things that they definitely need to uh, sit down and talk about uh, as they are approaching a spread prevention plan? More important than ever is to ensure that those who are cleaning buildings are up to date on their training, on uh, to use the equipment, use uh, cleaning products and chemistries safely. So right. we're not mixing uh, cleaning products uh, and chemistries. You, most of the time when we hear about issues or accidents, it's when cleaning products and, and chemicals are being misused or wrongly applied. So obviously you always, that, that safety aspect is, is so important. So just I think the trainings, the education that the workers receive, obviously you want to make sure that's in place and that's being communicated and the levels of cleaning that y your cleaning crews are employing. Um, throughout the facility, you should be communicating that on a regular basis with the office managers uh, in the buildings that, that you serve. Anything new out there that we should keep our eye on? You know, you're certainly seeing uh, products that the Environmental Protection Agency, specifically disinfectants, that are effective against the coronavirus. It's the, the, the shorthand name for it is the N list, but it's on the Environmental Protection Agency website at epa.gov. Oh, wow. And I would suggest uh, facilities pay attention to that list because while maybe a lot, some of your brand name products may not be available, there are other products, many available to institutions and facilities that you can find on that list, a, a few hundred that may only be, be available through commercial distributors. So keep checking that list. We know that in certain facilities, you know, you, you've read maybe a little bit more about ultraviolet technologies, yes. UV. So, you know, there's certainly been some amazing innovations. Where I've noticed it being effective, certainly even pre-pandemic, has been in healthcare facilities where they kind of do it on a room-by-room basis. So now, of course, during the pandemic, you're reading stories about maybe some of these technologies being employed in wider spaces. 
So there's kind of it's kind of like a new frontier with that. So you know, I think our advice is on that. If you're considering using such a technology, one, make sure that you and the company that you're considering using are aware of any federal, state, or regional regulations right. affecting that's use and and the use of the particular chemical. You need to make sure that uh, again, there's proper safety and training amongst the the, the company using uh, employment that technology. So make sure before you consider using that, that you're taking steps that you're fully informed about its effectiveness and safety. I can dig it. Now, have you heard anything out there that makes you say, oh, that was awesome that you want to share with uh, our members who might be listening right now? You know, I would say that through this entire pandemic, what's worked is kind of what's in front of us. Oh, wow. I'll go back to what was pre-pandemic. You know, basic, simple hygiene tools and practices that too often was taken for granted. And so now it's, I believe, forever changed the landscape that we can never take basic sanitation and hygiene for granted ever again. All right. I want to thank Brian for coming by today and sharing his valuable information and insights. Uh, I also want to make sure that, again, as we think about moving forward, we're reopening, we're getting people back into common spaces, that we are keeping common sense solutions in the forefront. We are talking and communicating about what's happening and what we're doing to sanitize and clean the protocols behind that. And we're also stressing personal hygiene. We want to make sure that facility managers have the information and tools that you are paying attention to government agencies like the CDC, the FDA, that you're going out to organizations like ACI and looking on their website for resources, and you're coming back to AFE and looking on our website for resources. We are all in this together, and as long as we are continuing to be aware, we can stop the spread. So I want to thank you for joining us on the AFE Factor. Again, I want to thank Brian And I also want to thank our team here at Clean Cuts and 3Cs for producing the AFE Factor. Uh, We are recording in the Clean Cuts studio here in Washington, D.C., and coming to you live wherever you are in the world. Well, it's great to be here talking with this audience that uh, shares a commitment to cleaning, hygiene, and health. It's great to share the resources that we have at cleaninginstitute.org with an audience that every day is at front and center of making of taking care of customers, employees, and offices, especially as we reopen in the weeks and months to come. Want more of the AFE Factor? Hit subscribe right now to never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more or to become a member of AFE, please visit our website at www.afe.org. Be sure to tune in next time to listen in and be informed here on the AFE Factor.